All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me, pretty much as always, is our co-host, our marketing director, one of our other coaches, Yogi Somie, superhuman, fairly newly wed, <laughs> about 90 days, I guess, Jen Weibor Hart. Yeah. Hi, Jen. Hi, Adam. We made a I really want to know what you're thing. laughing at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll get there. Hang on. You made it really <laughs> easy for me because you got married on my birthday. It's true. You will remember my anniversary. I will remember your wedding You're anniversary. You're welcome. No problem. Yeah, you threw me You're a welcome. big party. Uh, there was With a, a giant cake. Huge cake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I was <laughs> chuckling uh, at the fact that before any of us were actually on camera, I could see DC still getting dressed. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, no, for sure. Now, don't get me wrong, man. Our audience didn't get to see it. So we're going to figure out how to get that footage. Um, but yes, welcome back to the show at DC, Terry Sr. What's cooking, man? How are you? I'm doing good. Please excuse my tardiness today. And I was putting on my vest, by the way. All right. <laughs> Whatever it is you want to wear, you feel free, my man. Um, how did you guys manage in this uh, cold snap that we all had? I mean, uh, Jen and I are in Colorado, so mm -hmm. you know we know how to mitigate snow and de-ice airplanes and plow roads and we actually know what the hell a snow shovel is. What was it like where you were? Um, just cold. Just you cold. Know, no, no snow or anything like that. And cold for probably the average South Carolinian. But I've been around. So for me, it was just. It's yeah, good you used to live in the Northeast, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, a lot of traveling. So I just, I love cold weather. All right. Truth be told, when it started to get really cold here, I bailed for our house in South Carolina. No. And oh yeah. And it, it was not warm there. It was about 60 degrees for the high, but it beat the hell out of negative 10. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah, not too bad. We came back once it got above freezing. So no uh problems there. What have you been up to, man? It seems like uh I mean, other than some social media content, the uh, daily quotes, that kind of stuff. Haven't heard tale about you. you. You're busy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of background work, you know. Uh, when The last time we spoke, you know, I was sitting in, and um, working on just starting something fresh and had no idea what it was really going to take and all of the different uh, things that came along with that. So I've really just been walking out slowly but surely. And okay. just building, building quietly. All right. Well, our audience can always go back and you guys can find the previous episodes of How I Met Your Mortgage on Apple or Spotify or Amazon Podcasts. The links for those are, uh, we'll come back to you if you use our text code, text TIPS to 63566. But uh, DC, for our audience that didn't know what you were up to, give us a little bit of background and tell us how it's been. It's probably been a year since we've had you on the show. Actually, it has been. Okay. Well, uh, long story short, I was working with a vetted VA right. and, you know, in that process of building something, you know, for veterans, I said, you know what, there's, this is great, but there is a whole nother market that really gets denied more. And that's your minority segment. And I said, you know, if you're a veteran, this is good, but if you're not a veteran, 
this is not helpful to you. So I wanted to just begin to build something that would help a lot of people who are turned down. Okay. And I think that that is important. I do think that as an industry, the mortgage industry, the one you and I uh, live in, circumnavigate, it's always been a problem, right? I mean, you and I know it not because we're old enough to know it, but mostly because we've had to study it and be examined about it. But we used to have horrible, horrible redlining. Minorities were literally and legitimately intentionally pushed out of homeownership, out of being able to get a mortgage. This was real common in the 70s. This is when that term redlining actually came into effect. But local banks, and at the time, this is where a lot of the mortgages came from, local banks that were in predominantly minority neighborhoods were not lending to people in those neighborhoods. And it was absolutely ludicrous um, for any and all of you out there, uh, the only thing I can ever think of is if you're lending money, if you're looking to make an income from lending money, if you are uh, getting money in the mortgage space, whatever it is you happen to be doing, guess what? It's all green. It's just That's, green. Right. That's the only color that you know makes any kind of difference. It, mm-hmm. So it's always been kind of mind boggling to me how that even started. Why would I care what somebody looks like they're race, ethnicity, cultural background, uh, national origin, whatever it is, if I'm going to lend them money and they're going to make me payments. Yeah. This is a math situation, not a race, creed, color, national origin, marital status, all of the things. Mm -hmm. So that one had always surprised me. I do think And here it's a little different than where you are now, although you've seen it in other places you've lived. We have an enormous Latinx population in Colorado, roughly 20%. Um, It's it's a big number. Um, And I do think we've started to see some movement in the mortgage space that's going to be beneficial, particularly when it comes to Mm -hmm. non-QM, ITIN, debt service ratio, these Mm -hmm. kinds of things. but it was a big struggle for a long time. In fact, it wasn't too long ago I had a uh, a potential client uh, reach out to me and say, hey, look, I need to refinance my house. I've been really good about it. I've paid it on time for 10 years, but I'm going to be honest. I used somebody else's social security number when I got it. Wow. I'm like, well, I appreciate you being honest. Being I, honest. I, I, I really uh, like that transparency, but I'm going to be honest with you. From a paper standpoint, you haven't made a single on-time mortgage payment. And he had gone the correct path. He went and became a citizen and got a social security number and so on and so forth and was ready to progress. I was like, well, you actually helped somebody else. Whoever social security number that was, you made 10 years of on-time payments to mm-hmm. their credit benefit, not your own. I'd recommend you just keep going and pay the thing off. Do it as quick as you can. Get the house in your name. You can start over. Um, But it was happening because we were so limited in helping the minority population. That's right. Those kinds of things happened en masse 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And then obviously the flip side of that is that the banks and lending institutions were really dirty about it. Mm -hmm. Right around the time we were born, I guess, uh, is when that was really going on. But give us some insight as to what you're seeing move, what you're able to propel, where you're really getting some traction helping people. Okay, so before I do that, I just want to say thank you for sharing that scenario because that's life. 
you know, and a lot of times when you are listening to something like that, or if someone is sharing something, or someone's just talking about it on stage that looks like me, um, many times people can feel like, oh, no, no, that's that's not really realistic or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, is that what happened is the banks left individuals in a place that they just had to try to figure it out. What can I do to actually get from here to there? Whether it be, you know, per guideline or let me find a way through it or find a way around it. And you find a lot of people now coming back around to say, hey, listen, this is how I got here. And I just need you, I need a map. What's the best way for me to actually clean this thing up? So where I'm at now is not necessarily with that scenario, though I've seen many different, you know, authentic scenarios is really trying to help those who have either whether it was destroyed their credit mm. because they didn't know about credit. Yeah, that's a big one. Or, or individuals that life just happened, you know, someone passed or someone had cancer and something that they couldn't plan for. And they've been turned down by several different lenders. And Those are huge. That, Medi yeah, medical episodes are huge. Yes, sir. They thought it was over and they find me and I'm able to walk them through the process. And in some cases just say, okay, so this is what we need to do this, 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 and this, or more, more recently a veteran who was turned down by four lenders after he put $45,000 down as a, a deposit for the bit with the builder to build a home 15 months ago, only to get to, and they were supposed to close December, I think the 15th and November to 20 something, he was turned down by Wells Fargo. So, in, in a case like that, where you follow the path and you're, you're doing everything that you were told to do by certain individuals who you think are the ex experts, and then you find yourself in a place that now you're turned down because you're just talking to the wrong people. So that's where I am now. That, that's that space that I'm in. Still trying to, to work on easy loans, but at the same time, for the most part, I'm in the trenches, man. That's where I've been. I think those of us that are still doing mortgages have been in the trenches. Yeah. Um, not really, you know, to that degree and maybe not intentionally where I'm looking to get a shovel and get in the trench or even dig a trench, yeah. uh, that kind of thing. But I don't think anybody has had it easy the last 22 months. No, it's, it's been a lot of work. Um, I, I think that uh, it would be nice if we were all paid commensurate to the amount of work we have to put in these days. That's obviously mm -hmm. never going to happen, but that's okay. But every transaction has hair on it, as we've you know coined, not coined, but uh, reused that term over and over. Um, but I'll tell you, I think that there was a turning point that was actually very, very positive. And for all of you that are in real estate mortgages, any other direct to consumer sales industry where things were far more difficult the last 20 to 24 months than they had been the previous 24 months. I don't think there's any uh, thing but black and white about that. Uh, there's no gray area for what went on in mm -hmm. 20 and 21 versus 22 and 23. And they were very, very uh, opposed. Uh, you know, they were very different environments. But I think one of the really bright lights about this right now or what has gone on in the last couple of years, and it sounds like for you over the last year, is that the transactions have become where we need to be more creative, where we need to really put our skills to use, where we're really able to 
put all of this knowledge that we've gathered over years or decades or longer for some of you to good use again. And in 20 and 21, don't get me wrong, it was lucrative. I'm not going to lie, but it was awful, bleeding, boring. I mean, you may as well have given us all headsets and taught us to say, would you like fries with that? Because it was the same thing over and over. The phone would ring. Yes, I understand you want to lower your rate and payment. Okay, we'll uh, be done in 30 days next. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really um, redundant. Yes. And when that shifted, we all got to come into a point where we got to put our skills to use. We got to make a bigger impact. Right. Those were a lot of loans where people already had 780 credit scores and had 20 percent, 30 percent, 50 percent in equity. And they were W-2 employees with 12 DTIs and so on and so forth. And, yeah, it's great to be able to help people save money. That's one of the big goals in being in the mortgage space. But to really be able to put all those tools that we've learned and acquired over all these years to use to really make an impact on people's lives. Mm. Uh, the intrinsic reward over the last couple of years has been Far greater than the monetary reward the couple of years prior. Absolutely. All right. So, yeah, and I gather that that's kind of the trench you jumped into intentionally. Yeah. Uh, truth be told, this is my trench. You know, this is really where I've been for uh, 20 years is helping individuals that I don't know how I got here, honestly. And at one point I said, I'm done with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go after the easy stuff. Uh, because people would come and say, DC, why are you doing this? Why Why do you even, the, the amount of time it takes for you to help to close one of these, we're closing four and five. And, but I've always looked at it as if, I've always looked at it like it really is families. You know, this is someone who was just like me that didn't understand credit. And, you know, whether it's the, the single mother who's like my mother, single with no help um, from a, her divorced husband, or whether it's, me, you know, a married father and never had a father. So I'm learning that. And then on top of it, now I, I need a place for my family to live. I know nothing about credit. I just know that I want to, I want to provide and I don't know exactly how to get there, but I know I'm going to get there. And so I see that as me continuing to sow seeds because that's how I was, I was able to eventually afford to be able to buy a home for my family. It's by helping others. And I would share that with people. Hey, listen, I'm helping you. Well, what what made you keep going? Well, I want a house. <laughs> and so I just believe you reap what you sow. And I still have that, that same mindset. So the trench is not necessarily different for me. But what the different piece is, is, is me really going all in on it now purposely instead of just me finding myself in a place. And then even looking at which lenders I want to deal with now versus which lenders I can deal with. Yeah, that's so, interesting. So, yeah. Is it, you're, are you seeking out lenders looking for, a, a, or seeking out lenders with a similar mission? I am, you yeah. know. Uh, I'm more relationship driven now. Of and course. I've always been, but, you know, kind of gotten that, um, oh, I'm trying to talk safe here. I know you don't want me to, but. Um, <laughs> no, you speak your mind. I'm trying to, I'm trying to operate now in that space where, um, you know, where we met, it was a different scene mm, and very. There, were, there was a whole lot of different things going on, different messages, but um, certain things that I've seen and heard over the last year, it's nothing new to me. I've always seen it to be, be truthful. It's just that I was trying to figure out how can I make a difference here and, and how can I 
connect with those who can make an impact, you know, in, in the same direction that I believe that I'm supposed to be making that impact. And now because of that, I'm actually sitting and looking at account executives, I'm looking at lenders, I'm looking at CEOs, and I'm, I'm just looking at their vision, what they want to do, not throwing anyone under the bus, but just mm. knowing that I may not be riding the bus with you. <laughs> we know the bus. We know the people riding and driving the bus, riding on and driving the bus. Well, um, well there are several buses. <laughs> there, no, there's a lot of buses, no question. And I, I, I approach it a little differently, but I think the result is kind of the same because one of the things that we really focus on here and at my brokerage and certainly with the companies that we're looking at working with on a fairly regular basis is their culture. Yes. And I think it's really, really important. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, I think that the client has to come first. That's right. If, if it happens to be an organization that doesn't jive in that manner, but you really, it's really the best fit for your mm -hmm. client, then absolutely clients first. If mm -hmm. it's really the best fit for your team and making their lives better, then yes, clients, team, mm -hmm. these kinds of things have to come first. No question. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of what has gone on, and it was going on when you and I met, however many years ago that was, and we just kind of dealt with it, rolled with it, water off your back, whatever the uh, uh, colloquialism that you want to use is going to mm -hmm. be appropriate. It got worse. It became more apparent. More people shone a light on what was really going on, and it was harder to ignore. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And gosh, how do I put this? I, I And again, I don't want to step on toes or, you know, badmouth anybody that uh, we do work with or refuse to work with or anything to that effect. But it seems to me that what we're doing has a lot of organic drama. Life has a lot of organic drama. Life, yes, sir. Clients, being mm -hmm. a spouse, being a parent, being someone's yeah. child, on and on. Working with your team, being an employer, taking care of your clients, dealing with the real estate agents. You're, you cannot avoid it. However, it seems to me that a lot of what's gone on with these companies, and again, we're not going to you know, call anybody out on the carpet specifically, is that we're generating a lot of synthetic drama mm -hmm. that we don't need. And it's being done intentionally. And it's being done by some of the biggest faces, loudest voices in our industry. And they should know that this industry, that our lives have enough organic drama. There's absolutely no reason to create synthetic drama and bring that into the industry, bring that to the table. And I think one of the things I say more often than I should have to is, if you have time to participate in that synthetic drama, maybe you should spend that time originating loans. That's a good point. Might might make everything a little better for everyone involved. That's a yeah, good point. just food for thought. I, I, you know, Jed, I love having DC on the show because he thinks. He actually thinks things through. A lot of people, and I'm guilty. We just talk. Uh, thoughts pop into our head. We get them out of our mouths. There's not a lot of filter between here and there. DC, you're a very thoughtful man. Um, and it, it's really nice to kind of take that pace down a notch and really give our audience an opportunity to 
take a breath, think things through. Why are we here? And I don't mean that in the existential sense. I mean, in the mortgage space, in the real estate space, what are you guys doing here? What are you really looking to accomplish out of it? Are you making an impact? Are you helping as many people as you can? And, you know, it's funny because uh, you had said something that really made me flash back and we talk about the um, Zig Ziglar kind of sales mentality that is, you know, if you help as many people as you can get what they want, you're going to get what you want. That's right. And you are the embodiment of that these days, my man. That's really nice to see. All right. So, Give us a little foresight. What are you going to, what's this year going to look like for you? What are you really excited about? What are you passionate about? What are you going to do differently? Tease me, man. Well, one of the things is um, the introvert is talking more. Yes, you are. Um, And really making the transition from Mr. Mortgage LLC into We Get Loans Approved. And so, and that's the, that's been our website, the domain for probably, I don't know, 20 years almost. And now that's going to be the name at at this point, we get loans approved. And so really creating, not creating, but building that brand, expanding. I'm looking forward to moving into several other states as well. Right now we're just South Carolina, but Florida, we're coming at Georgia, you know, Texas, Uh, North Carolina, we're next door, but We're coming. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's amazing to me how different North and South Carolina oh, are. Oh, man, it is. It is very, very different. But that's that's that piece. I have um, I have one employee now and looking forward to more by the end of the year and one loan officer now also who came on board with us last year. So by the end of this year, I'm looking at, you know, hopefully, you know, just more. I won't give a number, but more loan officers that we're really going to be opening the doors. So if you've ever been to church and you hit that moment and they said, we're going to open the doors of the church, that's what I would say. Now we're getting ready to open the doors, you know, and, and just grow and look for some people that are really about what you talked about in a nutshell. Why are you here? Purpose, you know, finding out those individuals, what's your purpose in life? And if I if I could say something right now, the type of mindset that I've been looking for, I've been looking for Gen Xers, you know, really nothing against millennials, nothing against anyone else. But Gen Xers are, are at that age that we know what we have to do and we know the time that we've spent. We know the time that we that we hope we have left. And we're at that place that you can be honest with yourself as to where you are in life and if you're happy with it. And if you're not, that's that individual that I've been coming across with helping to get their life straight when it comes to mortgages and those individuals that I'm having conversations with in the mortgage industry, like, you know what, you still have time. And if you dig in and go after it right now, you still have time that you can, you can set your life up, you know, and leave here the way that you want to leave here. There's a reason that one of the cliches, one of the other names of us, Gen X, is the forgotten generation. Yes, we we have been. We yes, the boomers get a lot of attention. The millennials get a lot of attention. Uh, Even Gen Z now is getting a lot of attention. Won't be long before we see that for Gen Alpha. But there's a reason we're called the forgotten generation, and. 
it's because we are. We have been. Yes, sir. Yeah, no question. That's really cool. That is a neat population to dig into and uh, help with. And um, yeah, we were we're a difficult generation to relate to because we have a lot of old world things that went on. We actually played outside. Mm-hmm. That was a weird one. Um, we yeah. were basically self-sufficient, feral, particularly if you were the child of a single parent. That's Holy right. cow. Um, and that was more and more common at the time, right? The greatest generation, there weren't there weren't single parents. They didn't get divorced. They, um, you know, once they all came back from the war, um, they didn't have any reason to have high death rates, those kinds of things. So there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of that. Um I, I think that uh, it's a really fantastic audience to dig into and help. And uh, Lord knows we need it. And yeah, you're absolutely right, DC. There's still time. Yes. Jen, what is the age range or the birth year range for Gen X? I'm, I'm somewhere Ooh. in the middle in 1974. Yeah. Um, I'm staring down the barrel now. of 50 this year. Don't get me started. 19, 1965 to 1980. 65 to 80. All right. So, yeah. yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's a small window. That's probably part of the reason that we're such a small generation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And why we're... Yeah, millennials about. are 80 to 96, which is huge... Oh, about the same. Right. No, about the same 15, 16 years. I just mean societally. Things that happened oh. in 81 versus the, oh, what the world looked yeah. like in 96. Mm-hmm. Very different world. Very different. Yeah, and I couldn't explain to you why your pop your generation has such a greater population than ours. You're, the millennials are now the biggest. Um, obviously, yeah. that was second to the boomers, but as the boomers have aged and their uh, death rate has increased uh, just due to normal matriculation, the millennials have become bigger. Last look by about a million, I think. Uh, that number is probably bigger now, um, but... Yeah, we're a small generation. We're the forgotten generation. We have some very old school things in our history, like we talked about. And we have some very new school things in our history. We were the first ones to play outside and have technology, have smartphones, those kinds of things. We've lived on both sides of that technological hill climb. And yeah, we are definitely a very unique breed, no question. DC, that's really cool, man. Okay, I got to add something. Please. Based on what you just said. Um, not only are we the forgotten generation, we're the answer. We are, oh, yeah. We are, we're the, we're the, we're the, Gen X actually can bridge the gap because we've been on both sides. So for those that are still trying to figure out life, we've already ran into the brick walls. And, yeah. we, and the thing is, is that because we got dropped off, we had to figure it out for ourselves. Yeah. And and so we're able to see, step back and watch individuals that are moving forward and we can see where they're headed. And, and when they really hit that place that they're ready to, you know, receive some wisdom or something, Gen X is there to give it. I don't want to throw any other generation under the bus, but we're, we're that generation that I don't care if you look in church or wherever, we're that generation that, that stayed around with with un, um, undelivered promises. We're that generation that, that stayed around and had to fight through hopelessness of waiting for something to happen, waiting for someone to love you, waiting for someone to show up, thinking that this was going to happen and just had to really figure it out on your own 
because your parents, the baby boomers, they were they were trying to figure out life. <laughs> they were oh, trying yeah. to recover from Woodstock. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you got you got all of that there, and then at the same time, we are still here dealing with and fighting through this gap that is that is still there, and we're still thriving. Gen X well, is the the answer. I think a lot of what you're describing is one of the other names our generation has been dubbed, which is the caretaker generation. Yeah. And I think we've been given that because we are getting into a space now where the boomers are going to need support from their children and the younger generations. And this is really interesting for those of you that don't know me all that well, that don't pay all that close attention. I have three kids in three different generations just because of how they fell. My mm -hmm. oldest, who just turned 29, is a millennial. My middle child, who's coming up on 20, um, actually, I guess they're 29, 19, and about to be nine, or a couple of weeks from that, um, oh. is a Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And my eight, almost nine-year-old is Gen Alpha. Um, so I'm watching it and all three of those generations still need my support. Yeah. Millennial, not so much. Um, there, I know, and guys, I know there are plenty of you out there, plenty of Gen Xers out there and your millennial kids are still living under your roof. You're paying their cell phone bill, their health insurance, their car insurance, whatever. You are their caretaker. A lot of us obviously have Gen Z children. We are their caretakers. And for those of you that are older parents, I was 40 when my youngest was born uh, into Gen Alpha. Again, caretaker. So that is also something that is really unique to Gen X is that we are that caretaker generation. And the generation still alive before us and the generations behind us do need our support. They need us to take care. So, yeah, that is a really big deal. And I am uh, willing to bet that that's exactly why we're also dubbed the caretaker generation. Yes, sir. And yeah. they need to see us win. <sighs> yeah, more than ever, I think. Yeah. It is a uh, much more difficult world to win. Certainly more so than the boomers had. Uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, hang in there, Jen. You millennials will win. So, so you threw so me hard. off when you talked to her and you mentioned millennial. I said, oh, my God. I'm hoping she's not thinking, sitting here thinking. I'm like, you guys are dumb. Like like so many other people are saying, you're dumb. You're not going anywhere. You're you're rebellious. You don't know what you're doing. Don't want to listen to anything. No, that's how that's how they feel about the boomers. Not they forgot about us. Well, that's yeah. why the boomers love the millennials because they think the millennials are like them. But in actuality, they're not really like no. You know, it's a that's a totally different mindset. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah. certainly that. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm envious of the boomers. Uh, if we have any in our audience, uh, you guys are. <laughs> you know, able to sit on the patio and have a drink and watch this dumpster fire burn. And uh, the rest of us have to figure out how to fix it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing about that, those of us that are Gen X, millennials, particular now, those two generations, we're terrified for our children, their children, their children. Yeah. That's really where it pivots is that uh, those of us that are now old enough to have kids and younger kids, we, we worry about them a lot, a lot more than you had to, because when we turned 10, you just gave us a key to the house and kicked us out from dawn till dusk. Yes, sir. Come home when the lights come on. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, so it is a different world for sure. All right, so DC, I knew full well that we were going to jam up a half hour like that because <laughs> we always do with you. But I appreciate you coming on again, making us all kind of take a breath and slow down and thinking about the bigger picture rather than the day-to-day. -day. We obviously talk a lot about tasks and tactics and techniques and systems and uh, uh, automation and lead generation, all these kinds of things that are mm -hmm. really more business oriented rather than more thought provoking. So thank you for doing that again. Uh, Jen, make sure you get DC back on for another episode. Totally. Uh, that way we can Absolutely. all take a breath at least once a year when we get to have DC on the show. <laughs> oh man, it's um, an honor. Oh, it's ours, I promise. And Jen, tell us what else we're up to these days. Uh, I saw you oh. scheduled the very first available to the public tip of the tips class. Yeah, so we are having a tip of the tips master class on Thursday, February 8th. Um, this is the first time we've offered our tip of the tips class to the public. And basically it is total water hose of our entire coaching program. So if you're curious about what we do, or if you're just looking for some really quick ideas for zero to, you know, low cost to zero marketing, um, it's February 8th at 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Zoom. So it doesn't matter where you are. And because Adam is who Adam is, the cost is $69. And it's open to everyone. You did can I go to that number? Coaching. Did you I did. Do that? We were brainstorming. And <laughs> Adam goes, it has to be $69. So here we are. So again, um, zero to low cost marketing ideas. We'll talk a little bit about team structure. Um, really, it's an, it's an overview of everything we coach on um, to give you more of an idea of what we do, but also give you some ideas to kick off the new year with. Um, so go to justthetipscoaching.com to register for that for February 8th. Um, social media day tickets will be going on sale soon. I am still looking for speakers and sponsors for that. That's Friday, June 14th. And we'll be partnering again with Metro State. Thank you to them. Um, but yeah, all the things, just the tips, you can find by texting tips to 63566, including where to find our podcast, past episodes of the show, our weekly little tip, Adam's books, and book one-on-one -on -one coaching with us. So all the things. All but definitely the things. check out the mastermind because this is the first time that we've offered it, which is pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. cool. And will we get to see the cat? Because I just got a peek at Phoebe. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. And Jen has like 312 cats now. So it's, it's a true. surprise. It's a surprise that we didn't have one on the show until the very end. But that's cool. It's Thanks true. for uh, all of that good stuff, Jen and DC. Thank you again, man. It is really such a pleasure to have you on the show. I no, cannot thank you all. Uh, thank you. express that verbally properly, but it means a lot to us. Um, and maybe we'll see you one of these days in person if we can find an environment that doesn't uh, conflict with any other beliefs. Let's let's put it that way. Uh, well, uh, I pray so, man. All right. Yeah, it's always good to see you in person. Totally. And for the rest of you, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening or watching live or in syndication. You can catch previous episodes of How I Met Your Mortgage, as Jen had described, by using our text code, text TIPS to 63566. It'll piggyback all kinds of information, including where to find past episodes on Amazon, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. 
And for those of you that are new, we are live 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time on Mondays. And you can catch us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube at that time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. And we'll see you here next week with another one. Bye. Blessings, everyone.